Hey guys, welcome to the SheRuns.com podcast. My name is Tanya Mack and on this episode, we will be discussing running shoes and compression gear. My guest today is an accomplished endurance athlete. She's been a runner for 20 years, completed countless 5K, 10K and half marathons, 10 full marathons and four Boston marathons. I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome Jessica Nenendov. Hey girl, how are you? Thank you for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. So we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is running shoes. And as a bonus, we're going to uh, throw in some compression gear chitter chatter. Yes. But before we get into it, let's talk a little bit about you. So you were once a non-athletic girly girl turned accomplished endurance athlete. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, growing up, I was raised by a single mom, so she worked really hard to give me a good life, but I didn't get exposed to many, like, different sports. Um, I definitely cared a lot more about my popularity and dressing up, and which you would be completely shocked at, I know, knowing me in this adult (laughs) life, but anyone that had known me in high school, middle, you know, middle school and Mm -hmm. high school would have never imagined in my 20s, I would have just, like, flipped a switch, I met a running group realized a lot of that I had a lot more abilities than I ever knew. Yeah. Um, like natural given endurance, um, where I just had to work and, you know, I had to work smart and just learn a little bit about running Mm -hmm. and it like took off pretty naturally for me, which was just shocking having no real athletic background at all. I totally relate to that because that was like me. I was a late bloomer in the athletic world. It wasn't until I turned fitness on fire, like probably, what was it, three years ago that I realized that I started doing obstacle course racing and all of that kind of stuff. I, yeah, it's. And you never imagined, yeah, you would have done anything, nothing. And I was definitely not gymnastics focused at all. So even coming, being a marathon runner, coming into the Spartan world was flipping a switch to another dimension of insanity yeah so how did you get into running because I know you love running obviously you've completed so yes. many like half marathons I, 5Ks, 10Ks, Boston Marathon, the whole shebang so. yes well I had I had been at a gym a local gym um, back home and just met a running group just trying to meet people I was in college and just trying to stay fit honestly because mm-hmm. I just wanted to take care of myself and met with a running group and then they were really inspiring and a lot of them had done the Boston Marathon and I'm running with them realizing I'm keeping up with them I'm running every you know every few days and long runs on the weekends so that was kind of what took off for me and I'm kind of one of those people that if I see it I can you know follow in the footsteps and then go after it myself and similar to what I did at Fitness on Fire with OCR. I just kind of watched people that were doing them. And I'm like, wait a second, if they can do it, I can do it. So that's kind of how it all started for me. Um, But I was also in dietetics in college. So definitely nutrition. I did took a lot of sports nutrition classes, was in classes with a lot of athletes throughout college. So in that realm. So um, that inspired me along this like health, wellness, Mm -hmm. take care of, you know, taking care of yourself. I've learned so much in the last, so much more than my degree ever taught me. 
That's so funny. I'm sure. Well, life always teaches you more, right? Yes. You- yes. And I feel like that's where a lot of my expertise in running after you've just run for so long mm-hmm. and you try all the trial and error you go through and all the people you know that go through different things that just helps you and you if you take a lot of that in and you learn from it and don't just you know block it out and not hear about their injuries or what maybe may have caused their injuries and right. um and you really learn from it um it's helped me be a really healthy runner i've not been plagued with injuries i've done a lot of crazy things i think my most extensive Mm -hmm. injury is plantar fasciitis which was terrible Mm -hmm. and that's why dealing with the foot i've learned a lot about the feet and how important it is um and shoes never ever overlooking shoes because they're the foundation of your running um because of that injury, that injury I had treat, to learn a lot. How did you treat that? Because I have a couple of friends who are suffering from that at the moment and it's a real struggle. So I would love to know how you dealt with that. I ran through it for a lot of like two, probably almost two years because I definitely had learned that, you know, our, in our heel, we only have enough of like the fat pad that protects the bone and your Achilles and all of that. So mm-hmm. getting cortisone shots right away you can only have so many of them done. And this was in my um, mid twenties. So I knew that I had a lot more running to do. So I, you know, I worked with, I did orthotics. I I did everything first. Like I did orthotics. Mm -hmm. I rolled on, you know, frozen um, water bottles. Mm -hmm. I use lacrosse balls to roll out my feet. Um, And then ultimately after two years, I did, finally get a cortisone shot and that helped and I haven't had any problems with it since I did get into yoga then probably five years later which strengthened my you know worked on strengthening my feet um that was incredible change for me that I didn't value in my early 20s at all strengthening what we have um what are your thoughts on orthotics um, I'm, I definitely feel there is a place for them. Like if it depends on your foot, like I have super high arches. So at times, um, if I didn't work on strengthening my feet, I would need something to just support that arch because right. that is what, you know, the overstretching and your, you know, um, just all the pounding my feet have taken over the last 20 years, mm-hmm. <laughs> I needed some, <laughs> you know, assistant. So I have orthotics. I don't need them all the time because of the different steps I've taken to strengthen my feet and using the shoes that I use now. Um, I didn't wear them in my last marathon, but I'll wear them here and there when my feet are getting a little sore. I've overdone it. Um, I, I do. Okay. Yeah. Because I have the exact opposite issue to you. So I don't have enough of an arch and, um, you know, I've heard a lot of conflicting information about orthotics. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I was really curious what you thought about it. And I've used them on and off as well. But um, I really have tried to focus on just strengthening my feet. Yes. And kind of Number one, because that. I, you know, I use those mm-hmm. lacrosse balls or yoga balls and I'll leave them like even in the corners of the seats of like where I drink my coffee in the morning, like, and I'm trying to look for them and they're like tucked in there so I can just grab them because it's a mindless thing. You don't need to right. like be on the floor and have a whole coordinated, you know, stretching or mobility routine to strengthen your feet with that picking up things with your mm-hmm. toes, you know, like working yeah. on gripping things with your feet, um, can do tremendous, um, have tremendous benefits. Not, you know, you don't even have to be a runner for to right. value that. Um, 
So, so yeah. we bonded over shoes, I feel like. Yes. <laughs> so I was... Because we both struggle with fashion over function. That's true. 100%. We do suffer from that. But also, I was running or training for my first marathon, and mm-hmm. I really, really struggled with shoes. So the longest I'd ever yeah. run before training for my marathon was probably five miles. And you can pretty much run five miles in any shoes um, without right. suffering too much. But... Um, yes. Once I started getting into the longer runs, man, I was struggling. I had like the toe issues, the the arch issues, the every single issue you could ever imagine I struggled with. Yeah. And um and you came to mind and I'm so grateful that I asked your opinion on shoes because I literally am obsessed with the shoes that you recommended. They were amazing. Oh, good. And I have two pairs of them now. And I oh, really want to order more if I won't get in trouble with my husband. <laughs> mm-hmm. If we can hide the packages before. They yeah, go. seriously. Um, right. But it was such a game changer for me. And um, yeah, maybe you could share why you recommend it. So they were the Ultra Torrens. Um, yes. And firstly, they are they have a wide toe box. And also... Oh, they have the most natural footbed of any shoe, like... They were meant for the foot. <laughs> yeah. So please explain why you reckon why they're your favorite shoes and why you recommended them to me. And I, because I first, I first heard. I mean, a lot of ultra. Mm-hmm. I had worn ultras in in trail running, so yeah. those were a different type of ultra. Um, but then when I got away from Spartans, I needed a road shoe, right. um, and I had been listening to Zach Bitters. He's like that crazy endurance trail runner. He's unbelievably talented and he had recommended them and then i'm thinking okay if someone who runs 100 miles for fun 150 Mm -hmm. miles you know races and he you know these have helped his feet these have you know he just had nothing but good things to say about them um and ultra as a company is incredible um they have a natural footbed so i need Mm -hmm. that splay like when my foot strikes the ground you need to allow those bones to separate in order for your foot to feel naturally like it's hitting the ground um, in a more natural way. Because so many running shoes, if you look at them, they bind the foot right. and those bones. And that's what tends of people have so many foot injuries mm-hmm. when they're running because those bones don't have the natural ability to splay, which is just a um, is the way the foot should the toes should be able to um have that room um so they have that they also have a zero drop which Mm -hmm. is um kind of a technical term these days i think i feel like it's just thrown around so often and people don't really know what that means Mm -hmm. um it's just the difference between the height of the heel and your forefoot um and you don't want to jump into a zero drop if you have achilles injuries you have a calf strain you have you know really um problems with your lower legs because the zero drop is a natural foot strike and it's not raising up you're stretching your achilles a lot more and your calves are strained a little bit more but it's not a bad thing because it ultimately is strengthens the foot strengthens your calves like you now have stronger calves because of the shoes you're wearing like that's a pretty awesome benefit from um because so often shoes are like replacing those things you should be working on anyway. They're yeah. like, okay, put With this, all this the cushioning on. and the support and all of that stuff. 
Oh, yeah. And I'm not against that because there's a place for those, you right. know, marshmallow shoes where, <laughs> like, again, when I, I had to switch to those shoes and it was horrible. I mean, I didn't love the look of them for years right. when I had my um, plantar fasciitis because I didn't, I needed that, <clears throat> sorry, raise in my heel uh-huh. to then offset just such that strain in my fascia that was happening um, underneath my foot. So, there is a place for that depending on where you're at and depending on how you're using them as well. Um, yeah, zero drop yeah. is a really good thing to transition into. You brought um, up the calf thing and that was actually one of the first things I noticed. So when I went on my first run, when I got those shoes, that was the first thing I started feeling with my calves. And I was like, Oh wow, mm-hmm. this is different because I didn't really realize, um, I don't think I had a high drop with the shoes that I was running in, but still, even the smallest okay. difference, you know. Oh yeah, because that can, it can be like seven millimeters, like the like my ons that I wear. Because I lo- I don't mind switching back and forth, right? Because I do think it's kind of one of those things that you should always be adjusting things. Don't always stick with the same right. thing all the time. Like throw on your cross trainers, throw mm-hmm. on your tennis shoes or, you know, other sports shoes to give your feet some a little bit of variety so that they can just continue to adapt, continue to get stronger. And then also not overwear, you know, because sometimes my feet will ache and then I'll put on my ons that have probably like a seven millimeter lift and it just springs there's a little bit more oh, spring in my step when I switch so it's interesting yeah it's a total yeah so it's a um, listen to your body kind of situation right absolutely absolutely and um I think just picking running shoes you do need to learn a lot about your feet that's the one thing I in the early years just didn't I didn't understand I would just pick up shoes where I would find them or oh I like the color of them (laughs) so you know I didn't really learn okay do I need I I probably wore stability shoes at times when I need a neutral shoe because Mm -hmm. stability would be the worst thing I could possibly have on for the shape of foot I have and shoes are hard to recommend oftentimes for people because there's like for at least four different categories that people's foot falls into. So if you're right. recommending, I mean, a neutral shoe would rarely hurt someone, but if I wore a stability shoe, that would roll me completely, you know, it would ex- make my rolling out far worse because it's, you know, helping correct someone's rolling in, mm-hmm. you know. So so the, it's all about the foot strike. So for the people who don't know the first thing about running shoes, how would they go about finding the right shoe for their needs? I do feel like, I mean, in this world that we're living in right now, I think you have to, you should videotape, have someone videotape you running Mm -hmm. because that's what they would do at a local running store. Um, If you have a a local running store, you could video your running and then send it to someone to really help you understand because I'm telling you making that $150 decision Mm -hmm. will save you hundreds upon oh, hundreds of dollars in physical therapy bills in MRIs and x-rays that you're having done because you have a stress fracture because you you know people don't realize that if they just buy the right thing the first time they can save themselves a lot of heartache That's so true um, and you so, get to keep your toenails too no oh, absolutely <laughs> and know your shoe size because right. I had at road run, we are blessed to have road runners, which they're all over the country. So that should be um, something people that will eventually have access to going in the store. They have 3D imaging of your feet, of your foot, 
which I was blown away that I have a full half smaller on the foot that I always lose toenails. Mm -hmm. I always have problems with, and it's no wonder that even if I get a half size bigger, that side is always going to have problems. So I was, I mean, I was just blown away at learning so much more about my arch, about Mm -hmm. the way I strike the way, um, yeah. And the exact measurement of your foot. I don't know. Yes. I, and this just happened like a year ago. I was like, <laughs> I've been buying running shoes for 20 years and I didn't realize I'm a whole half size smaller on Yo, my left side. I get it. It's so funny because with sizing, that was a big one for me because I am, you know, everybody would say when you're doing the longer runs, you need to go up half a size or whatever. And I just mm-hmm. really struggle with a looser fitting shoe. I just feel like that's right. And the ultras have room. Yeah, which is terrible because, you know, my feet would swell and then that was why I was having so many issues with my um, Mm -hmm. shoes. But with the ultras, I actually didn't have to go up half a size. They're just so roomy. It was perfect. So I got to kind of still keep that fitted feeling where I didn't feel like Bigfoot and it wasn't loose, Mm -hmm. but but my feet had the space they needed, which was awesome. It was like the perfect compromise because I just forever oh, would agree. rather suffer than go up half a size in shoes because I would feel like they, they would Well, and then you have, right, and then you have problems with your heel slipping. That can be a really yes. big problem if you're up too much of a size. So sizing is key. And I have noticed that um, running companies are being very generous right now, giving you like a 30-day test run with free returns. Mm-hmm. So checking into those different opportunities right now would be, a, you know, a huge blessing because so many more people are running and hiking and you definitely don't want to get injured right now. No, <laughs> so it's ever. best to <laughs> injuries is so annoying. So yeah, you want to avoid and, them and research it. Like you should learn to, so the video will help you see if when you strike the, you know, strike the ground, do you roll out? Do you roll in? Are you flat footed? Most people know if they're flat footed, yeah. like that is a pretty easy one, but the supinating and, um, and over pronating is kind of a, like, or you could also look at, um, worn in shoes, like say shoes that you have, mm-hmm. look at the bottom of them. Where are they more worn? Like your running shoes. You can typically tell oh, yeah. how you strike the ground. Um, like when I wore Hoka's, they had such a thick heel. I would literally flatten the bottom heel because my heel would catch. So right. in the end, it wasn't a good, that was like a probably the worst type of shoe I could have because I would literally flatten off the side just from heel striking, heel mm-hmm. striking when you want to strike on your midfoot. So it wasn't helping me, whereas the ultras helped me to strike my midfoot, which is so much healthier for someone who had had heel pain or, you know, plantar fasciitis. So that's been good. So really learning what category of shoe, that's probably one of the most important things you can learn because you don't want to have a stability shoe if you don't need a stability shoe. Um, And a neutral neutral shoe, cushion shoe can kind of go for anyone. But if you're super flat footed, you can get like a motion control shoe. And every shoe on even online, you can search stability shoe you can search motion control you can search trail shoes you know like we know how there's just all these different options right now but figuring out definitely where your foot falls into that category cool yeah so well we talked about the heel drop um what about Mm -hmm. different types of terrain so when we're talking about trail running um as opposed to road running 
Yes, and there's a lot right now. They're making a lot of like transitional shoes because I feel like out here for sure, I fall into like the transitional category where I'm going to go from pavement and then I'm going to be on the grass. Right. <laughs> I'm going to be so you don't want like so much tread because I don't know if you've ever run with your trail shoes from Spartan like yes, on concrete. Oh you're like, <laughs> like clank, clank. you know, it's the worst <laughs> and you're just wearing out what you paid for. You right. paid for these shoes to grip and so you want to definitely pick shoes based on what terrain you are running um, because trail shoes are a lot harder because they're blocking like rocks hitting your right. foot, you know, and you striking a rock. And so it definitely has a lot harder um, footbed for protection's sake. So that would be terrible to run on concrete with. You want to have far more of a cushion if you're mostly a concrete runner. Mm -hmm. um, if you're on the grass, man, you're good. You could go with a minimalist shoe and you'll be totally good and i i did find out i thought it was so interesting our shoe category is called the maximalist i had no idea oh, really that that's what that yeah mm -hmm. the torrens are kind of considered this maximalist like it's a minimalist shoe because it's a zero drop right but it's maximally like for performance it's for good you know running economy i just thought that was an interesting that, name that's I very heard that interesting before, but... because i was talking to you about um reading born to run and the mm -hmm. whole minimalist shoe thing. And I was so fascinated by that um, and really wanted to try it. But obviously, you know, that's a gradual transition. So Yes, um, and that's a terrain thing too. Like that kind of falls into like barefoot running is far safer if you're running on grass and you're okay. running or, you know, like groomed sand or, you know, or groomed trails that are, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't imagine any other place using <laughs> So how long how long do you think it takes to transition from like a regular shoe to a barefoot running shoe? Um, I would give yourself a gradual, like just like a whole training cycle, like a 12 to 16 weeks of like really working okay. on, you know, I don't think they're always, I mean, but you had been running in Mountain Kings and different things. So yeah. you you had, you know, I remember asking you that because it was like, oh no, I'm recommending a zero drop shoe. But I had known you had done races in those, right. and those are zero drops. So that was a little bit of an easier transition for you. But the average person that has a lift, I would go back and forth okay. with those. And then you can, you know, and see how it goes. If you, I adjusted probably within like six to eight weeks to them, um, and then just went the rest of my training with them and stayed, you know, I had two pairs that I'd go on and off um, with. And then, then got a new pair probably three weeks before my marathon and then just mm -hmm. wore them, you know, here and there. Um, and then wore them race day and they, it all worked out for me. So I was happy. My first zero drop minimum, you know, slightly minimalist shoe in a marathon. It was my fastest one. So I was That's happy cool. about that. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. So they that always was... say you don't want to buy a new shoe right before a marathon. So how long do you think you should break in a shoe before I'm usually at the three weeks because you'll still have one long run okay. before you go head into your two week taper or let's say you do a three week taper. I would at least wear them a few times before your last long run. Okay. And then I typically I wear I them at. on. I was at the two week mark when I finally found. Yes, you didn't, didn't have, have as too much, much time. To you didn't train. have as much time. <laughs> <laughs> that but was kind of a rush those job. Those are right like there. a super. Those to me, though, are like a forgiving shoe, though. Right. Like they're not hurting your foot. They're not hard, you know. So that one, um, 
I do feel like recommending that one as long as you don't need stability and you don't need motion control, you know, you don't have these extending circumstances that mean like that shoe would rarely not work for someone right. if they really wanted, you know, and want to transition to it. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely a great for sure. I do love that. So is there anything yeah. else you want to say about shoes before we move on to compression gear? Um, I'm definitely thinking just understanding, um, your foot number one, Mm -hmm. whether videoing or even just like really examining how your, where your arches would be, um, super important and, and yeah, just making sure you have the right foot or right shoe for your foot without a doubt. Yes. Awesome. Well, I think it'd be cute in every category. (laughs) That's true. And you know what? There's so many different designs out there right now. So even the ugliest shoe can kind of be cute. Yeah, you just (laughs) figure it out. You just like accept it and embrace it. I'm telling you as much as I mean, I have to say on running, they have like set the bar pretty high now for, you know, the Swiss eye for shoes. Uh I was like, wow, blown away. But they don't last very long sometimes. I was definitely <laughs> a vanity before comfort kind of girl. But now, I, I mean, know. once you start doing the longer runs, you're like, that. I think just that just goes out the window. So I'm all about just comfort. Just forget it. Yeah. I don't care how I look. <laughs> I'll work my outfit around <laughs> my shoes. It's totally fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I For love sure. it. So once again, I think you were the one who introduced me to the compression gear. For my first Spartan race, we were chatting and you said um, you were talking about... Because you were like working out with Lululemon and which I love for (laughs) yoga and who doesn't love the buttery tight? I mean, you can't go wrong, but when you're talking, you don't want them to move and you need some support and you want your back to feel good and you, you know, you want more oxygen and you want more blood flow. Like that's what you get with compression tights yeah, like so, yeah, they are some meant of the benefits for an athlete the compression yeah tights. there's a lot of studies that have been found like that you know the oxygen that's received just by that compression like when we think of like pressure cuffs and like all of that like not that they're that tight and they still are flexible right. um but they just promote a better blood flow so that alone will i mean we have so much blood rushing to our leg you know as we're yeah, running absolutely. and we're jumping over stuff and you're doing all kinds of stuff um those things help and just um obviously they enhance athletic performance because you also don't have the distraction of they stay in place they you know they are where they they, they are and they provide just like that added support like they at your calves like for all the climbing you know we do mm-hmm. for all the pounding on the pavement that you do just having that compression like I can't imagine running a race without them because I've also seen that they help my recovery dramatically like compared mm-hmm. to friends that I know that don't yeah. wear them and they love their running shorts or in the seasons when I'm wearing running shorts throughout the summer um my recovery is dramatically different than when I have on compression tights throughout the fall and the winter and the spring. Um, I recover just a lot quicker. Ah, that's interesting. I'm going to pay attention to that Mm. next time, actually. Yeah, you do. And when you have as many as I, you know, have, and then you're just wearing them and I'll wear them oftentimes, like I'll pack them. I fly in them when I fly home from races. Um, 
I, as I do like the compression socks, like, and that just definitely helps the next day. I don't sleep in them. There's a lot, there is a recovery line for, but I use my other types of, yeah, there, there is like, but I can't, I don't want to be bound and tight. I can't do that while I'm sleeping, (laughs) (laughs) but I, but I do value having them on like after a race, when I'm doing other mobility things to recover, like I will do anything for an edge. Like I'll do anything to feel better because my whole thing with anything, whether it's shoes or compression gear is what gets me back to my life the quickest, because I don't have, you know, I have a pretty busy and very active family that needs me to feel better right away. So for me, it's, you know, having the tights, having the right shoes, having the different, you know, recovery tools are key to me getting back to life. Yeah, absolutely. So after a marathon, what are you, what are some of your recovery tips? What are your favorite things to do to recover from? Definitely. If you don't have a lot of, yes, is for one wearing, and having the right size in your compression tights, like having worn them, same as your shoes, three weeks before at your last long run, like getting really used to having compression tights on. So wearing those in the race. So when it comes to one, the tights for size, how how do we want them to fit? You actually do. I mean, that's what's hard about the Spartan. Like I'll wear ones that I, I have a little bit more give in them for Spartan races because you have to stretch your legs over <laughs> Right. But in mar- when you're talking races, running, strictly running races, I prefer them to be incredible. Like I wear the smallest size. Like say I have a small and a medium, I'd probably wear a medium for a Spartan race so that I can stretch my leg over the walls without worrying about them, you know, splitting. <laughs> but when I'm running, <laughs> it's true. It's we do true. have to worry they about have it. Split. <laughs> um, yes. But if I'm running a race, I want my body, I'm as robotic as it gets. Like if you see me in races, I run very robotically because you waste a lot less energy when you're not, you know, so I want them to be super tight and Mm -hmm. comfortably tight so that again, it also helps my posture because my back is tight. Like it's tight around my low back, tight around my stomach, which reminds me to like engage my abs. Okay. Like, you know, keep your posture like it keeps me from that natural like slump when you're like getting tired in a marathon like I have a lot less fatigue um in marathons when I have compression tights on um that's one thing I noticed so having them be on the smaller side I would definitely lean towards like if you're ever between like a small and a medium or a medium and large go on the smaller end because they will fit like Spanx that's great no that's great info because I do have a pair but I wasn't sure when I was trying them on in the store I was like I was tossing up between small and medium and I just couldn't figure it out so yeah and I think you just always so if you're just strictly using them for running Mm -hmm. I would say always going on the smaller end if you're looking for more obstacle course racing go for the like gives you a little bit of a move you can squat really low you can you know stretch your legs and it's fine but you don't need to like running is so the range of motion is not huge you know we're not kicking our legs like Kenyans you know you want to be as like smooth (laughs) And tight as possible because, I mean, you know, it will help you, you know, with the fatigue, with the keeping your 
making yourself a little bit more conscious about like your posture and all of that, which is so beneficial. Yeah. So do you wear them every time you run? You said you wear running shorts. So not every time you run, do you only save them for races or do you wear them? Well, I, I, I seem to love like fall, like spring races. So I get to wear them a lot in my training. Cause if you're running even in Southern California in the winter, like you're good, you're yeah. golden, like wear tights all the time. But when it comes to summer, when I'm kind of like in the off season of not That's really hot. running, obviously shorts and it's hot, but I have, I had a hot race years and years ago and another company I used to run with, um, CWX, they had like mesh, um, ventilated tights like this they were compression tights but then in certain areas they were mesh ventilated which like I still wore those in a like 75 degree race with like 95 percent humidity (laughs) they also dry really quickly so if you're running in a marathon and like there's kids spraying hoses or you cut dump a cup of water over you Uh that type of fabric dries super quickly so you can get them wet there that's why they're great for endurance or for OCR racing for sure that's great information. Yeah. I appreciate all of this. Um, yes. Anything else compression we need to cover? Well, that is where we'll get into my after races, after training. Is you, And you know this because I tell you about it all the time. But my um, compression, um, can I, I can just say the name, right? Yeah. Air Relax yeah. Sleeves. Um so I use air relax sleeves, which are a version of like Norma tech. Um, and I love them. Like they're, they have increased my recovery by like tenfold. <laughs> like I go, I can be on my legs all day long, mm-hmm. running, walking, hiking, as long as I have them. Cause I travel with them. Right. I have a, it's, they have their, it has its own pace. It has its own, uh, imagine going through TSA with those, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's super fun. It's super fun. But once they get it out, they, I've had no problems at all with traveling with um, compression sleeves. So they're mm-hmm. large, basically compressor cu- or pressure cuffs that you do your blood pressure with, but you have them on your legs, you elevate your feet, and it helps recycle the blood. It helps, you know, just flush all that toxin and inflammation and swelling out of your legs and recycle it back up and then you you know you feel amazing afterwards they're really i know you've used them yeah. and love them as well like well i was I, gonna say for someone who doesn't like doing that much mobility it's almost like the cheetah's way to recover right <laughs> oh like so my good. goodness there is like there i i really can't say enough about having that you know, thankfully you have it at the gym. Mm -hmm. I was using them at a facility, but I was paying, you know, 20 to $30 every time. And then I've met my air relax guy at the LA marathon expo and realized the cost savings of just purchasing my own. I have used them almost every day for a year and a half, almost two years. And they are incredible. They're just, I mean, between like decreasing soreness and swelling, like, cause sometimes like my feet or ankles will swell, you know, mm-hmm. not even noticeable, but noticeable to me, like pulsating. Like I've just been on my feet way too long. Um, I can put them on and feel like back to normal quickly or have killer that. leg days. And again, put them on that night and 
I, you know, recover super quickly and don't walk around super sore. Like I'm running within a day or two after a marathon. It just isn't, the recovery is so much quicker. Um, And I, again, that's, all of these things are highly valuable to me um, with getting back to normal as quickly as possible. It's huge because it's so important. And, and like you said, it's so, it's so, it's part of like a relaxing regimen that I do like foam rolling to me. I love it. I can't, you can't be without it, but I got to get on the floor mm-hmm. and I have all hardwood floors. So it's like, <laughs> Oh, then I'm looking at all the dust and I need to now. Oh, so <laughs> it's like one of those like frustrating, but agonizing. Like I need to do it, but this is like mindless. It's you slip so them easy. on, you turn on the machine, you, you know, do work that you need to get done, respond to emails, like all of that while someone it's recovering for you. And it's like an incredible massage as well. Like I love massage. It has its place, but I can't afford or get a massage every single day, but I can do that with this. And it's definitely, to me, it's a far better way to flush that than like having a massage where, you know, oftentimes your legs, you can be jumpy or like feel a little like, you know, like you have tendons and all kinds of things they're working on in there where this is just like laid back and relaxed, which I love. I guess that's why air relax. There you go. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And it helps my circulation because I definitely being a long distance runner for as long as I have, I have genetic issues with, um, like blood vessels in my legs. And my dad Mm -hmm. had to have a major surgery when he was in his twenties, you know, having to have a lot of those are um, stripped. And I, I've noticed a big difference in them not getting any worse. I'm not saying they'll make them better, but they definitely haven't gotten worse. So I haven't had any of the procedures or any of the injections because I don't relax long enough to have any of that done. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel you, girl. That's why I said I'm not the best at mobility and stretching and all of that stuff because it's hard for me to just slow down and and absolutely be mindful and get into the flow of mobility. It takes me a little right. while, but with the air relax, it's very easy. It's a great recovery tool. I love it. Oh, yes. Awesome. And I feel like the machine, even like the the noise that the machine makes pulsating, it also has a calming rhythm like yeah. to it. It's got to be something like it's an all encompassing, you know, all encompassing recovery tool. I love it totally. for the greatest. Well, as a fun fact, uh, how many toenails mm. do you think you've lost in your lifetime? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it's like disturbing. One of my biggest <laughs> problems is I have I've hit. I've had so much friction with my toes hitting shoes that my like big toenails are probably like five times thicker than they should be because they keep like regenerating themselves. And it's literally disturbing. I have one that will never grow back normal the same ever, ever, ever. It's like, it's terrible that I do yoga in like a public like yoga studio. It's really like, but thank goodness. So often I wear my running gear and most of my, yogis know that like I do this to take care of myself because I am a runner like and yeah it's so bad but it's always the same foot and then again learning that it's the half size bigger makes so much more sense Mm -hmm. why one foot will always and you're you do have a variance between your feet so you'll notice if you have problems with one foot that's probably the problem you know probably the reason 
why. So yeah, it's, it's not, it's not great. <laughs> that's funny. My husband, but there's, talking about but there is sacrifice. There is. I mean, that's, you know what, that's, that's it. You want to be a runner? Yeah. You to or you want to be an OCR, else. you have to have like manly hands with calluses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Calluses all over them. So yeah, it's it's sweet. It is totally. what it is. It is what it is. Well, girl, I appreciate you so, so much. Thank you for your time today. Um, if people want to get a hold of you for more information or just to chat, um, yes, how can they, I, where can they find you? Um, I'm at being just simply me on Instagram. And um, I am developing my website at justsimply.com, J-E-S-S-I-N-P-L-Y. But yeah, I definitely want to get a lot of my information, a lot of my knowledge out there to help others and to help runners, to help moms, to help athletes. Um, I've done a lot and seen a lot and tried a lot. So Yep, you Thank are definitely you so one experienced gal. I trust you with all of my heart and I often come to you Aww. for tips and advice. Um, and real quick, just before I let you go, I we didn't really cover the health, nutrition and wellness um, aspect of what you do. Mm-hmm. So can you just share a little bit about that? Yes. Well, I am a certified teacher. That is what I, that is my what I've done. So I've taught middle school, health and wellness, nutrition and wellness. So kids are a lot of my um, passion to teach our younger generation um, so that they can live healthy, sustainable (laughs) lives. Um, Teach them while they're young is kind of my thing, especially with my own kids. Um, And then I I love fermentation. So that's kind of my niche. Like that's the thing that I love. I love to teach people how to do it. I love to provide people with the information, to provide them with the starters, to provide them with even just like the inspiration to do it, like Mm -hmm. make your own things. Um, That's kind of, and I feel like all of us are starting to get into that mode with the world that we're living in now that like, you can't always get what you need. So learn how to make it. So that's, that's what the content that I want to start really building and really helping to understand and navigate. Cause yeah. there's so many places we can get information. Right. Um, well, I think a lot of us yeah, suffer kind of... from information overload too. So it's nice when you have one place to go to where the information is curated and you know, you can basically hand it over specific to that person's needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And maybe because of my like middle school teaching background, I can try to keep it simple. Yes, like that's what I desire to keep it simple oh my goodness. because so oftentimes it's um, overwhelming and yeah. it doesn't need to be like health and wellness and nutrition doesn't have to be complicated. It can oftentimes, it's oftentimes better the more simple it is. Absolutely. So, I agree 100%. Yeah. Well, once again, thank you so I much. I know. For That's why we bond today. so much. Yeah. <laughs> and I really yes. I look forward to having you back on the show at a later date. Absolutely. I'd love that. Thanks so much. Awesome. You're so and sweet. I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode. And that's a wrap for this episode of SheRuns.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on Instagram at SheRuns underscore com, and head over to our website SheRuns.com to join our virtual active club.